Think anybody has had more influence let, over let our me response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. We are. We're not getting rid of COVID. It's not going to disappear. We're not going to eradicate it. We're going to have to learn to live with it. What they are doing, they are not only suppressing the vote, suppressing the vote. They are nullifying elections. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new, the new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news. And more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 151. And he says he is a simple man. I say he's rather complicated. Uh, but that means only one thing when you hear Leonard Skinner, simple man, uh, all things Bill O'Reilly, which is at BillOReilly.com. Sir, how are you? Uh, you know, I've used this line before. I'm the same, and that's tragic for everyone, Anna. Do you know that? <laughs> that you know? That's probably pretty true. Yeah. Um, I want to go over January 6th with you all right. in this in this sense, because we've discovered a lot, uh, especially in the last week and a half. And uh, I think that you and I are both two people that on that day spoke out against the violence at the Capitol, correct? Yes, that's true. We we both believe in law and order, right? Civility and mm-hmm. non-interference in government transactions. We- and we both. And we both condemned loudly the summer of 2020 rioting that killed dozens of Americans, injured thousands of cops, and billions in property damage. We were consistent. There's no committee on that, though, right? No, it was a different situation in the sense of uh, what motivated the capital in riot, let's say, uh, was a political outcome. And what motivated the riots after George Floyd was a sense of revenge on the part of a certain group of Americans. That was revenge. So, well, I don't think it's revenge if you're looting a store because no, no, you're protesting. Who, but they wanted revenge on the system because they feel that the system is racist. And and, and by the way, this was people of all races and and involved yeah. in in the unrest over the summer of 2020. And I and frankly, Donald Trump offered many of those cities National Guard help. He was turned down uh, almost every single time. He did on his own protect federal buildings, which he has the authority to do. 
But in the case, this is what we now know, Mr. O'Reilly, that on January 4th, two days before the planned rally where they were expecting hundreds of thousands of people and people had already begun arriving by that point, the president, along with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the secretary of defense, Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, the the Department of Defense chief of staff authorized as required by law up to 20,000 National Guardsmen and women uh, to be used to protect the capital and protect the city and or, or the District of Columbia. And as soon as the president signed off and authorized that, then the chain of command goes to the Speaker of the House, who's char- in charge of security for the Capitol, along with the Sergeant of Arms. We know the Capitol Police Chief on six separate occasions requested that the National Guard be brought brought in even before the day came six separate times and even while it was happening and we know that muriel bowser in writing said no you cannot bring in the national guard all right all right now we came off the riots in the summer of 2020 574 of them we know that there are always bad actors in crowds we now know that there were people that pre-positioned certain things and and had some level of planning uh, to go after the Capitol that day. We've confirmed that. We haven't had any updates recently on it. And my question is that if you really want to prevent this from happening again, which I think we have to, number one, I'd build a fence myself, and it can look nice, but you, I, I would build the fence. Number two, we now have to ask why Nancy Pelosi did not call in the guard, did not go along with the president's authorization, why the mayor of D.C. did not, why the Capitol Police chief was ignored, and why the January 6th committee is allowing all of them to get away with not handing over their emails, communications, phone calls, uh, text messages, the days leading up to that day and the days after. They're not handing them over. Now I'm going to say one last thing, and then you take the floor. Benny Thompson is the head of the committee. He was asked if if Nancy Pelosi... uh, could be brought in to testify. Here's what he said. As you know, uh, the speaker, she made a major decision. Uh, Are Speaker Pelosi's decisions on and ahead of January 6th, do you believe that would also be fair game for Republicans uh, uh, if they join this committee to investigate? Well, no, I I don't, Wolf. No, Bill. They said no. Because, look, everybody knows, including Benny, that this is a partisan thing designed to take Donald Trump off the board for running for 2024. There's no question about that. Everyone knows. Far left knows it. Independents know it. Conservatives know it. Everyone knows it. So we go through this charade. We waste taxpayer money. It's not going to come to anything. But there are some interesting things in play here. Number one, Black Lives Matter organized and could be held accountable on the federal level, many of those destructive riots in the summer of 2020. And that's a fact. You can get their emails. You can see, meet up at this place, do this, do that, particularly here in New York City. is very well coordinated. These were not what they call organic demonstrations. They were organized demonstrations. You can get them on a RICO statute easy, but the Biden administration is never going to do that. And indeed, the Trump administration did not do it. All right. Could be done. Wasn't done. Now, on the Capitol, 
There's a whole bunch of stuff swirling around. I've been looking at it pretty hard. There's this guy, Ray Epps. You played a clip on the radio yesterday uh, about him inciting people to go into the Capitol building. And Ray Epps is a uh, former Marine from Arizona. He was there. He was inciting. Okay? And because of that, some conservatives believe he's working for the FBI. And uh, this was a false flag operation where it was a setup. Okay, I don't believe that's true. There's no evidence to say that. From what we understand, Epps. Did. Uh, by the way, I agree with you. There's no evidence at yeah, all to prove that. All. But 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 the question is, why was he taken off the investigation list? Well, that I mean, that doesn't... I can answer that question right now. Okay. Um, he did appear apparently before the House panel. Did you know that? Adam Kinzinger has been hinting at it. Yes. Okay, so I'd like to see a transcript of that, wouldn't you? Yes. Because they have one. They do. So let's put it out. Let's see what Ray Epps, under oath, Let me... said to the House panel. Well, wait, there's one more thing. Um, okay, so then we would get a definition of who Ray Epps is and what they asked him, and all Americans should do it. The second thing is, and this is from my law enforcement contacts at the federal level, Epps did not go into the Capitol. He did not enter himself. Okay, so therefore, charging him would be very difficult. You could charge him with inciting a riot. It's possible. Okay, but they have so far not done that. Go ahead. If 20,000 troops that Donald Trump authorized, as the law requires, were in fact called up by Nancy Pelosi, who had complete full authorization to do so. No. Okay. January 6th never happened. Here's my problem, Bill. She's off limits. Her text messages, emails, phone calls, off limits. The same with Muriel Bowser. The same with the Sergeant of Arms. And I'd like if, and that tells me that this committee has a predetermined outcome. Of course. And that this is a sham committee. So why are we waste? Why don't they just write Donald Trump sucks and we never want him to be president again? and, And that's all. That's what they should do instead of wasting more money. But here's something interesting. If Republicans win the House in November, and that's coming up fast now, about 10 months, right? Correct. Um, they will take over all the committees. And they can certainly, certainly investigate Nancy Pelosi and her motives for refusing the National Guard. By the way, great minds think alike. Kevin McCarthy was on my TV show last night. I know you were watching. Absolutely. And, and Kevin McCarthy, you, as you know, said that he would do just that if he becomes the Speaker of the House. Sure. And he made I mean, a promise. A and I said, of, There's yeah. a lot of things that, that can be accomplished, but the Republican Party has to put together a very cogent and simple. You should follow my lead. Be simple, <laughs> men and women. All right? And tell wait, wait a minute. People, look, we want to stop all this corruption. I do. I mean, this is what the Republican Party should say in their, in their campaigning for the House and Senate. We want to stop all this corruption. If the finger points at us, Republicans or Donald Trump or whoever, we want that out. Now, I told, I broke that story, by the way, about President Trump and what he did, you know, on the, on the Trump history tour. We talked about it. And for the first time, um, he said, this is exactly what I did. And then I followed up with Cash Patel. Have you mm-hmm. had Patel on your program? I have both radio and TV. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, and Patel was very methodical and, and said we handed these documents to the committee, so Benny has them. I don't know if Benny knows he has them, but he has them. And there's no doubt about it. 
So then you have to basically, if you're an honest person and a person who loves his or her country and a patriot, say, well, let, let's give Nancy Pelosi a chance to explain why she turned it down. Everybody knew, including Muriel Bowser, who didn't care, by the way, um, that there was going to be a lot of angry people in Washington. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Simple Man, all things O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com on the other side. And your calls, 800-941-SEAN, Governor Christie Nome at the bottom of the half hour straight ahead. All right, as we continue, it's the simple man himself who's very complicated, Bill O'Reilly. All things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. Let me give you the facts as I see them. What I see is this is an epic failure, and it wasn't Donald Trump's fault. They ignore his words. Many of you will peacefully, patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices will be heard. If you never want this to happen again, you can't ignore Nancy Pelosi, Muriel Bowser, the sergeant at arms, nor the Capitol Police chief that requested troops six separate times. And my goal, and I know it's your so goal. Why didn't, they, why didn't they bring in the guard then? Because I, you know something? They resisted all summer as well, too, Bill, in the summer of 2020. In your opinion. In my just opinion. your opinion. Why didn't Pelosi want the guard at the Capitol? My answer is I do not have any insight into that mind oh, at all man. because she never makes any sense, Bill. Oh, come now, on. I, they I, wanted to do this. But wait a minute. But, but go back to the summer of 2020. Let me let me let me help walk you through a different thought process on this. And that is why did they reject these cities, Portland, Seattle, et cetera? Why did they always reject? Donald Trump's authorization because of the guard. The, re- the, the reason justified. Well, That's that why. number one. Also, it was their base. Number two, but number three, there is this knee-jerk hatred of all things quote uh, police. That's why they want to uh, defund, yeah, dismantle, etc. It's always politics or money. One of the two, and these riots. You saw it. You saw it on Listen, CNN, you may be, you may be right, but in the New York Times, they sympathize. The far left sympathized with these uh, with these riots as violent as they became. There was still a sympathy. And you know what, Hannity? There's a sympathy on the right in some right-wing precincts for the Capitol riot. There is. You got to be honest. Bill O'Reilly, and I said this on January 6th, I'll repeat it again. If you support Donald Trump and you support movement conservatism, which I do, you cannot support the use of violence uh, and what happened on January 6th. I agree 100%, but you know that sympathy exists. And this is the message. There are are people that are out of their minds. Yes, there are. Don't get crazy. Correct. All right. Agreed. Don't grasp conspiracy theories. Don't go out with hatred. Um, Don't do that. But why are you trying to assign a motive that all Democrats, you know, wanted this to happen? That to no, me is a step too I'm far. Saying, Hannity. I'm saying that they are not they are not displeased that this happened and that Nancy Pelosi 
I think that she is more than happy that this happened at the Capitol because it takes Trump out. So they think it won't, but they thought it would. And that is the genesis of why the guard was not requested. It is inexplicable. I'm not going to try and be a mind reader. You had the troops. You didn't call them up. This happens. You bear responsibility for your decision. And she's getting a pass. The mayor's getting a pass. The sergeant of arms is getting a pass. And that means that the committee is corrupt. And the committee has a predetermined outcome and a whole different goal. And the goal is to purge Donald Trump from all political, any future political life whatsoever. That's my take. But I'm not a mind reader like you. Apparently, you have these these mind reading skills that I don't have. I am clairvoyant. I am clairvoyant. <laughs> Word of the day, clairvoyant Bill. Uh, all right, sir. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, quick break. Right back. We'll continue. Fake news gives you lies. Hannity supplies the truth. Sean Hannity is on right now. All right, glad you're with us. Uh, 25 now until the top of the hour. Senator Tim Scott at the top of the next hour. Uh, yesterday, uh, South Dakota Governor Christy Nome gave her state of the state address. She said in the, I read the whole speech. I'm, pr- I'm proud to report that our state is stronger than it's ever been in our 133-year history. This did not happen because of what government did. It happened because of what government did not do, and it is because of our people. Two years ago, we made a decision in the face of a global threat. We chose not to compromise our values. We kept businesses, schools, churches open. Now, we did not decide who is essential and who is not. And she also said this. Two years ago, we made a decision in the middle of a global threat. We chose not to compromise our values. We kept businesses, schools, and churches open. We did not decide who is essential and who wasn't. And we chose freedom and personal responsibility over mandates and lockdowns. We took steps to safeguard the public health, but we also trusted people, and we made decisions that were best for them and for their families. We did what was right, and we were attacked for that decision. Today, we are thriving because we upheld our principles. Our economy is strong. We have one of the lowest unemployment rates in the entire country. South Dakota saw new families and new businesses move here from other states. From July 2020 to July 2021, South Dakota's population grew nine times faster than the national average. While places like California and New York and Washington, D.C. are losing population. And the reason why is no secret. People want to live somewhere that respects them, that respects their freedoms. They want to share in our quality of life that we have. And they're coming here because they want to be like us. I hope so. Otherwise, don't let them in. Governor Noam joins us now. How are you, Governor? (laughs) 
We're doing really good. We're doing really good. Thank you, Sean. I don't think we've gotten you to move to South Dakota yet, though. Yeah, I need to get the hell out of where I am. I have contractual <laughs> obligations keeping me in this this Adam Schiff show place that I live, but it's not fun. You know, I read your entire speech, and I'm going to tell you why. And I don't often read entire speeches, especially a state of the state, because I couldn't believe that you were saying everything that I believe a state should represent and and how you were able to handle. And there, and there are other governors as well that have done a great job friends of yours, Ron DeSantis, Governor mm-hmm. Abbott. Th- there's there's a number of great Republican governors out there. And you you now we have now shown the world everything they told us, Governor, about COVID isn't true. I have friends fully vaccinated. They got Omicron. I have friends fully vaccinated with boosters. They got Omicron. I have friends fully vaccinated and boosted and previously had COVID and have natural immunity. And guess what? They got it also. So yeah. all of the shutdowns, all of the panic, uh, all of the mandates didn't work, did they? No. And what's so strange about all this situation, Sean, is that that we knew all that back when the pandemic started. We knew we couldn't stop a virus. Uh, no virus have we ever been able to stop. We've just been able to slow them down. We knew that people who get vaccinated for other things that are viruses like the flu or whatever it is, that there may be a chance it would mutate and they would still catch that virus a lot of what we were told just didn't follow the science and that's what didn't make sense to me when i was making my decisions is that the research i was looking at the the um scientists i was talking to those people around the world just were not backing up the decisions that were being recommended by some of those folks that especially here in the biden administration nothing they do is making sense as far as what they told us to do. We knew we could slow it down, and that's what I appreciated about the Trump administration. They said we're going to slow the spread and protect vulnerable people, but but, but it has been two years now, and uh, they're still lying to us out of uh, the Biden administration and out of what the left is telling us to do. One of the first interviews I did with you, you said something that's, that's stuck with me ever since, and that is, Sean, I trust the people of my state. I trust them to be responsible. And it was it was very I was very specifically asking about are you worried about restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. And you said you trust the people of South Dakota. And obviously your popularity's never been higher. And and the people of South Dakota appreciated the option, the freedom, the choice. Maybe maybe we're two of the few people left in America that believe in the concept of freedom and freedom of choice. Uh, as the left likes to say, but also medical privacy and doctor-patient confidentiality. They seem to be lost in in other states like the one I'm in. Well, and that's really what they're doing is they're just attacking what America is, and they're using this virus to change our country. And some of the things that I talked about yesterday was that what we did in South Dakota was what conservatives have always said we believe. We just did it, and it worked. Right now, our economy is the strongest economy in the nation. I revealed new revenue numbers yesterday that even this last month of revenue uh, brought in tens of millions more than we expected. It grew even more uh, that we have, um, you know, thousands of businesses that are coming and expanding that we now have the ability. We're cutting taxes. I am now telling everybody in the state of South Dakota, if you want to exercise your Second Amendment in our state, it's no charge. There will be no charge for any permits or fees. We will even pay for your federal background checks. Uh, we are going forward and saying if you want to start a business here, no charge from the state of South Dakota. You want to do your 
annual filing fees for your corporations, your businesses, we're not charging for that anymore. We're going to, when I said in 2020, January 2020, South Dakota was going to be open for business, we are reaffirming that message because of our historic revenues. Now we're able to return it back to the people and continue to help our economy grow. What a what a novel concept that is. Let me ask you on a more macro level about the economy. You saw the numbers today. Inflation surging mm-hmm. to 7%, up from 6.8% the month before in November. It's now the highest rate in 40 years, Governor. Um, we're now being told that we're going to see four interest rate hikes this year alone. Um, how do we sustain this? The average family, uh, this shocked me today because I never, I did not know this, uh, has on average $155,000 in debt. How do they ever get out from underneath that heavy debt burden? Yeah, we're in a, we're in a, a spiral here that is going to be very difficult to turn it around. It had started before Trump came into office, and he helped turn it around with some big policy moves, tax reform, cutting regulations, made a world of difference. And it's amazing to me how quickly Biden has um, sunk the ship. I, I'm i not certain. The path we're on, Sean, we're very, very close to a financial disaster here in South Dakota. And these families don't have money in savings. They've got money on credit cards. And, uh, you know, they've been spending a lot. They've gotten stimulus dollars. Uh, they've been thinking we'll come out of this and we'll be fine. But the, the policies coming out of D.C. are putting the country into debt to where it's not sustainable. And I don't want anybody to, to forget who's buying our debt and who, who we're indebted to. It is China. And we are at the point where in a few short years we will be barely able to pay the interest on that debt and that has real consequences for what's going to happen on top of what we're well, i think they should for forgive it anyway because of what they did to the world with this uh, virus of theirs that they hid from the world they had their own travel ban before any any travel ban by any other country uh certainly i think the record number of people that are moving into south dakota will help your economy continue to grow and you you will remain a bit of an island and separate and apart from what's happening nationally, and that's good for the people of South Dakota. And I'm I'm happy for them. Um, you know, I well, I will tell. Yeah, go ahead. We still are going to have supply issues, though. You know, we still, and that's no. it. We I, I I told our folks that we were not going to spend this money. We're going to put it into reserves and trust funds because. You know, we'll have some things that we'll need to deal with, but other than that, we're preparing for the future because we're not completely able to be isolated from what's happening at the federal government. Inflation will continue to rise. We need supplies from other states. Uh, We're now having a food shortage, which I started talking about 10 years ago they could do to us by allowing all these foreign countries to buy up our food chain. Uh, So it's, you know, we're preparing for the worst, which is what South Dakota does because we're responsible, but we're also recognizing, you know, even the Biden administration, Sean, they're cutting my timber contracts. Uh, based on no science research or even stand that I have in the Black Hills, just to be punitive and to punish us. So they're specifically targeting my state because well, I'm a Republican governor and because of the decisions that I made. So I hope you I'll take them to court and sue their ass off because they deserve it. That's outrageous. You know, and by the way, look at the attacks. I know you have a, a significant meat industry as well in, in South Dakota. Uh, why are they blaming the producers of, of, of chicken, pork, and 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 beef, when in fact the reason for the higher costs of everything are all rooted in both 
Biden's economic policies, which are failing, but also his energy policies, which has reduced the our output, our supply uh, by 40 percent as he begs OPEC and Russia to, to provide more energy to the U.S. when we can produce our own energy. We can be energy independent like Trump had us and be a net exporter of energy. Yeah. And, and what, what they're doing by blaming the industry, the beef industry, is uh, attacking capitalism and attacking free markets when what they should be doing is using the Department of Justice to ensure that all the laws are being followed, that the antitrust, anti-competition laws are being followed, and then let people do their job and and let cut the regulations so these producers can get the food out to people. But they've been uh, putting layer upon layer upon layer and allowing people to ignore the laws that are in place already, and that's what's driving up the cost is exactly what the administration is doing and what they're not doing by investigating those laws that are already on the books. All right, quick break more with Governor Christy Nome, South Dakota, on the other side. And then we have Senator Tim Scott joining us straight ahead. As we continue with Governor Christy Nome of South Dakota. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it once or twice, but your name comes off up quite often as a future presidential candidate. Is it anything you've ever given any thought to? And would you give thought to it? Uh, we decided this morning that my mom's going to run, I think. She's, <laughs> <laughs> she's, she was complaining last night about the president and not happy. And I said, Mom, why don't you run? So we're, we're going to continue to have family discussions on that. And, well, by the way, I think they're either. making it next to impossible for good people to ever want to run. Am I, I wrong? Know. And, no, that's the problem. And I just want to remind everybody in this country, when I ran for Congress, that was the last thing I wanted to do. I was running our farm, our ranch, our hunting lodge, our restaurant, and we had an insurance agency. I had three little kiddos, and I was sitting there, and I but I'd been raised by a dad, Sean, that said, you don't complain about stuff. You fix it. And I had been a lot of complaining about what was I saw going on. Obama was in, passing Obamacare, and I finally couldn't live with myself anymore. I thought, I'm not a complainer. I'm a fixer, and decided to to run uh, and go and won. And that's that's the only reason I'm in this job is because... We need more doers. We need people who just do. And everybody's always looking for somebody else to do it because literally they will light you on fire and try to destroy your family. That is what my family has. By the way, they do that to talk show hosts, too, just in case you're interested. Yes, exactly. I get my doer. You're you're out there fighting every day. And that's the thing is people just need to be doers. Quit pointing at somebody else and ask yourself if maybe you could go run. You know, it, it, I do think it's the hardest job in the world to run for president and the hardest job if you get it. Um, what are your thoughts? You have a good relationship with former President Trump. Do you have any thoughts on whether he will run or? I do. I do have a good relationship with him. Just talked to him night before last, I think. Um, he's doing really well. And yes, I do think he'll run. I think he'll if he's healthy, I think he'll run. Um, and boy, I'd take him over Biden every day of the week. So his policies were amazing. He was good for our country. So if he does, I'm, I'm all in. You know what? I never thought it would go this bad, this fast. And I was pretty outspoken in my predictions that these policies would be disastrous. Um, 
And if they get this voting rights bill through by, you know, oh. basically abandoning the filibuster and becoming the banana republic that Chuck Schumer said we would become if we abandoned the filibuster, um, it'll be a disaster. And mm-hmm. uh, but I don't I'm, I'm hoping people like Manchin and Cinema, you know, hold the line and don't give in to the pressure. Well, in the, and that our Republicans do as well. You know, the others besides Manchin and Cinema, just because, you know, when I campaigned so much for the president when he was running, you know, people asked me, Christy, why are you doing this? And I said, because I have to live with myself. If we end up past this election day and we don't have President Trump and we end up with Biden, I have to be able to live with myself. The only thing that gives me any peace right now is knowing that I gutted myself trying to get Trump elected. Those Republicans that didn't, that sat on the sidelines, I don't think they should be allowed to complain because they could have done more. It's the only reason I'm working, Governor, the only reason that uh, uh, the things that matter the most to me are the future of the country. Uh, Great job. An incredible state of the state address that you gave. Amazing statistics. Continued growth and success uh, to our friends in South Dakota. Uh, Governor Noem, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Sean. Have a great day. You too. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. 